Hi, I'm Susie Quattro, and you are listening to the Rock Salad Podcast. Make me a deal and make it good for me. I won't get full of myself, so I can't afford to be. This is small town music, this is big town music. He's ahead of his time, you know, but he can't use it. If only he could prove it. Well, tomorrow's just a song away, a song away, a song away. Hey everybody, welcome to Rock Solid, the comedy podcast for all things music, both new and classic. I'm Pat Francis, and joining me today in the Zoom room, we all enjoyed her appearance from just a couple months ago. Now she's back with a brand new album called The Devil in Me, which comes out March 26th via Steam Hammer Records. She's here to talk about it. Please welcome Susie Quattro. Hello, Susie. How you doing? The single came out on Friday by the same name, The Devil in Me. And I hope you watch the video. And if not, watch it. You, the video yeah, is bad. You have some evil eye makeup on in that video. It's the devil in me. <laughs> it's the devil in you. <laughs> So yeah, Hester has to represent the song, you know. So we went a little bit heavy on the eyes because it, it represented what the song's about. So exactly. And so, Susie, you've been busy during lockdown. Well, I'm a glass half full girl by nature. So 2019 was high as a kite, no control, huge critical success around the world. My documentary, Susie Q, huge success everywhere. Then 220 was supposed to be even bigger. Then lockdown came. Right. The company took up the option for the for the next album. And uh, Richard and I had actually been discussing, because he was on the road with his band. I had my commitments. And we were saying, when are we going to write the next album? God, how are we going to do this? And lockdown came. And I said, well, that's how we're going to do it, because we ain't going anywhere. So luckily, I had built a studio in my grounds just before lockdown started. How lucky was that? And I said, let's, let's write the album. So all these years you didn't have a studio on your grounds, but because of lockdown, well, before that, you, you decided to finally do it. I don't know what happened. I don't know how it happened or why it happened when it happened. But Richard really wanted someplace to work here. And so I did it. It was way before lockdown. So just, I think, must have been fate. You know, it must have been fate. I was supposed to build a studio. And just so the listeners uh, remember, or in case they don't know, Richard Tucky, that's your son. Yeah, and his father is Len Tucky, and we were married for 20 years, and he was my guitar player. So now <laughs> I'm in the strange position of writing the song title, and then written by Susie Quattro and R. Tucky instead of L. Tucky. That's weird. <laughs> that's a weird thing to have happen, but it's it's wonderful. It's wonderful. He's given me a um, a completely fresh perspective on who I am. Well, that's, uh, that's great. You, sometimes we need our kids to, uh, help us, uh, know what's fresh and new. They teach us. Right. Exactly. Exactly. We teach them. Exactly. And you know what? I see it in your face. Boy, do you know that one? <laughs> how I old, see it. <laughs> how old is Richard? He is 36 and he grew up watching me on stage watching Susie Quattro on stage. So it's in his in his DNA, yeah. totally. And he wanted to write with me for a long time and I just I didn't feel it, you know, and then finally before no control, he came to me and he said, Mom, I need to write with you now and I went that meant to me he's ready. Yes. He's ready. So we made this wonderful album and then he got his feet wet on that and he found his confidence. And now he was, wow, he's on fire. Well, you guys have done your two for two now because the new album is fantastic too. I, I was I was blown away by No Control. And then I'm like, well, how, how's this going to stack up? And you guys did it again. So congratulations. I think we've actually bettered No Control, which I didn't think was possible. <laughs> so it was a fabulous album. But everybody who worked on that album and has worked on this album They've all said, we don't know how you did it either, but you, you knocked it out of the water. I think probably the first album was our first project together, so free and easy and what comes in, you know, and then you had all that crazy different styles and all that. And this one had more of a, a through line. Right. So I knew how he worked, he knew how I worked, and he, he wanted it. Richard said to me, I want this album to be as groundbreaking as your first album. 
And that was our benchmark. That's some big shoes to fill when you set out like that. He challenged me all the way through, and I challenged him. What he's done is he's, and I've said it on the on the blurb, it's my best work so far. And there is a reason for that. It's because he, he brought his 36-year-old energy to this project. He brought his DNA of who Susie Quattro is to the project. I brought my 57 years in the business and the life I've lived to the project. And we've gone bang, bang, dum, 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 and we're we're a good team. <laughs> oh, what a good team! Yeah, I, he's he's really he's made me see myself through his eyes. Like I said, fresh, and he he kept saying it to me different times through the you know through the years growing up. And mom, I know what kind of music you should be doing. And I'm thinking, what do you know? You know, <laughs> right. you're, not wet, you're, you're not wet behind the ears yet, but he actually does know. He actually does know. So. He's, he's been able to relight my fire. And the funniest part about that is I didn't know my fire had to be relit. That's the thing, right? Because you, you, sometimes you can get complacent. You're just like, I know how to do this. I was never complacent in my life. I just thought I was rolling along, right. doing everything wrong. And then he came along and bash, I went, whoa. And I found this, this fire is still on my belly. It hasn't gone anywhere. I can't stop. Now, with uh, with no control, um, I think you told me before that you were uh, you were not ex- as a- accepting of all his ideas. You gave him a little bit of pushback. With this new album, were were you open to to suggestions a little more than before? Good question. Very smart question. I give you credit on that one. Thank you. Um, yes, because. I remember it on no control. Some of the riffs, I thought, whoa, but, you know, and it, the new way of writing. And then because that worked so well, now this album, and he was so focused, I trusted him. Good. I trusted him on this. There was a couple moments here and there, but he proved himself. For instance, I'll give you a real quick for instance. Uh, when we were doing um, My Heart and Soul, which is just such, such a beautiful song. My Christmas release. You know, wow, what a song. I was on the patio working. He was in the studio. He was doing this track. And I heard the track coming out of the studio door because he left the door open. And I uh, went running out there. like, And, and I knew when I heard the track, it, it went into me like an arrow. And I knew as a writer, don't think. Do not put your brain on this. Feel. Only feel. So I had to switch my brain off. I, it, it, it was like Detroit was coming on me, you know. Right. And I ran out there. And I said, what's that? You know, and he said, oh, I don't know, it's just something I wear. I said, put the headphones on, put the mic on, hurry up. And I didn't want to lose whatever that was burning in my heart. Yeah, you know? the magic. And the, and magic. And the first four lines, without any thought to the lyrics of the melody, came flying out of my mouth in a voice that I've never sung in before. But I got to go one step further. We went to put the vocal on the finished track. So we use the demo as the basis, okay. and everybody learns their part. You go in and you start, and then finally the track's done. The, the, the strings are on, the backing vocals are on. I'm ready to put on my vocal. I'm in the studio. I'm being Susie Quattro, putting on her vocal on her album, if you get the difference. Yeah. Okay. So when you're putting on a vocal, you're basically naked because you're exposed, and you're real vulnerable. And somebody might say to you, oh, your note is right, and you do that. Yeah, every every singer does it. So anyway, I'm singing away, emoting away. Tape stops. And Richard said, no, Mom, 
you're not doing it right. I went, what do you mean? I'm not doing it right. I got annoyed. And he, and he was trying to explain. I was getting mad. He said, look, Mom, I'm going to play you the demo, okay? And he played the demo. And I went, wow, wow. There was an entirely different Susie singing. In fact, it wasn't Susie Quattro. It was Susie. Yeah. So I went, well, okay, I hear you. And I just stripped everything away and just went back into that same mood that I was in without thinking about the kind of vocal Susie Quattro might do. And out came the vocal. One of my best vocals ever. But how smart of him to have heard that. Right. And this is funny. I was gonna. I was gonna say to you, your your vocal is gorgeous on this, and for an album that's called "The Devil in Me," this is the song where the angel comes out. Yes, it is. You know, and it's it, it's so weird because this is the wonderful thing about creation. When I went out to sing that track, and I didn't put my brain to it, and I just sang, I didn't know I could sing that way. I didn't think about it. Right. The track, the track made me sing that way, if that makes sense. It make I I understand. Oh, yeah, and and I heard it back. I went, "Who's that?" But that's me. So obviously that's in there. Right. That's the Detroit. That's the Detroit and Susie. And this is what it awakened. I think this is why it hit me in the heart like it did because my Detroit got woken up. Yeah, and also yeah. I want to say that the bass line is perfect. So good. So, so good. One of my best bass lines, I have to say. I was doing it in the studio. Now, we did go back and forth with things. I was doing the bass line, and Richard went, does it have to be so busy? I said, Richard, this bass line is perfect. And he went, okay. Because <laughs> it was. Right. It was. He wanted me to calm it down, but I said, no, no, no. This is the bass line for this song. So it wasn't always right, but a lot of times, you know, when you, when you pick out the vocal like that, you're on the right wavelength, right. you know. And he knew it. He said, when you did the demo, you made my skin go. So you're not doing it right now. And I got, you know, you get defensive. What do sure. you mean? What am I doing? And then he just played the demo. And that was just it. This, th then I heard it. I said, Christ almighty. Okay, let's get back to that. <laughs> I did want to ask this because it is a Christmas song. You, you call it a Christmas song. It is a Christmas song. No, but it doesn't have to be. Okay. That was my next question because... Normally, when someone records a Christmas song and puts it on their rock album, it, it usually falls in at probably the last track on the album. But you guys slotted this in at number five, which I thought was kind of ballsy. It was not specifically a Christmas song. I put it out at Christmas. Yeah, because the feeling is positive and Christmassy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, but you're saying you could be saying this in June with this lockdown. Right. I need your own for Christmas. And it's yeah. a timeless song. And yeah. a lot of DJs that have reviewed it have said, this can be out any time of year. I said, I know. Well, I know it wasn't Waltz Christmas that it only had to be there. No, no. It just wasn't. No. Uh, and it is a timeless song. Um, one of my best. One of our best, I should say. So are all the tracks co-written with you and Richard? They're all yes. And was it a, did you guys co-produce it or was Richard the producer? No, we co-produced. Okay, because I, I don't have those individual album credits in front of me. I'm, I'm okay. very much um, hands-on. I'm in there, you know. I'm in there with the range, but I'm in there. I'm very, very good at backing vocals mm -hmm. because I'm from Detroit. And most of the time when I was growing up listening to Motown, I would listen to the backing vocals before I listened to the main vocal. Gotcha. So I'm real, I'm real into that. Oh, they did the best. So I'm into that. I'm into the bass lines, um, but I'm, I'm involved in the production. Absolutely. Cool. And so is Richard. We're, we're in there like a team, you know, and uh, Richard's the kind, he sits there and he, and he closes his eyes. And then if he goes, something's wrong. <laughs> I put yeah. in a drum, a little drum fill on one thing. And he said he threw the pen across the studio and it isn't, <laughs> That was quite funny. <laughs> he threw the pen. So you mustn't jar Richard out of his, you know, his mood. His happy space. Let's yeah. uh let's go to track one, the devil in me, title track. Right out of the box, we get a great, and I use the word again, evil guitar riff. I made mistakes 
I love it. And then you have some nice screaming in there too. <laughs> I'm good at that. <laughs> so this is this is a fantastic. First of all, it's a title track, but it's a great track to kick off the album. It is. It gets your yeah. attention. It's funny, you know, and just a quick little story for that because it's important. Um, I had said months ago something about I, I we were just talking on the phone, and I said, "Oh, yeah, well, the angels guard the devil in me." And Richard went, "Mom." I said, what? He said, that's the title of the next album. I said, oh, that's good. I wrote it down. So I wrote down The Devil in Me. And I worked, before we started to write for this album, I had written some lyrics and then we started to write. And I kept trying to find a space or a, a lick or a bass line or something for these lyrics. Before. They were really good. Now, all about my mom. And um, couldn't find it. So I just put the lyrics in my songbook, amongst other things that haven't been used yet. Okay. We're working on the last track for the album. Richard said, Mom, I have a riff here. We need one more song. What do you think? Play me the riff. I said, I like that. Send it to my computer. I came in the office, which is how I like to work. Once the basic riff is there, then I get my bass, mm -hmm. and I play it, and I play it, and I find the line, and I, I find whatever the title's coming, and I find, I find the mood of the song. And I have my bass, the computer with the track, and my songwriting book with ideas here i'm flicking through it flicking through it trying to find a lyric that will leap out at me and say this is the lyric for this song crazy going through it going through it, listening this thing i like this i like this the lyric that i had written for the devil in me fell out of my songbook and it landed on my table wow it came to you I, it's like my mom went here you go, Susan. And it was the strangest thing. You know, for a minute you go, okay, yeah, yeah, like, 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 you know, this is not real. This is not it. But it went there. I mean, it could have just fallen out. Sure, it could have just fallen out. But I looked at it. There it was. And I went, hmm. And I started singing. And it was like, just perfect. Yeah. Perfect. The, the lyrics fit the track. I'm sure my mother had something to do with that. I'm sure she did. Now explain um, to us why this song is not is about your mom or you brought your mom up in regard to this song explain the connection there she she had five kids mm -hmm. she was very catholic and she always used to say to me many times when i was young susan you were always the shyest of my five children and you had a halo on your head but when it slipped it became a noose she said, you're always mischievous. It was a compliment in a way. Yeah. And I always remember that. The halo slips and becomes a noose. And she always used to say, the angels would guard the devil in you. She said it to me. I remembered these things. So this is kind of a tribute to my upbringing. I I'm her daughter. Right. I am her daughter. I just didn't want people to think that when you bring your mom up in regard to the song, that your mom's the devil. She's not. I just no, want people to know me. that. I'm you're the devil. The devil. My husband says, I'm mischievous. I've always been mischievous. If I can bother somebody, I will. My husband says my middle name is Trouble. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's track two, Hey Queenie. Yeah. We, another cool guitar intro. And the first line is, Hey, sweetie, you're old and gray. Are you singing about yourself? No. Okay. This is a nod, a nod to the first album, a track called Glycerine Queen. Yes, because you say Glycerine Queen in the I lyrics. Do. I do. And that song has been in my live set since the day it was recorded, right. so since 1973. And it really happened... 
Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. We were in the dressing room and a transvestite came in and he was trying to be impressive. Mm -hmm. And my ex-husband said, because the guys used to put glycerine on themselves to make them look sweaty on the stage. It was a, a gimmick. Oh, okay. And, and, and my ex-husband said to this guy, this transvestite, hey, man, do you take glycerine? He said, yeah, 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 I do. So he poured it in his beard and he drank it. True story. So then my son. Oh, my God. I know. My son wanted to revisit that particular song. Mm -hmm. And the same transvestite, but he's now old. Okay. So it's the same guy. But he's old and greater, but he's still doing it, still putting it on, still trying to do it. So it's kind of a nod to that. And we even we even tapped into the world of piano sound of the original band. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's a real good track. And that is my most difficult bass lines I've ever played in my life. And if I ever have to do that track live and sing it, I never have a problem playing and singing ever. Yeah. I just do it. I don't think about it. That one is going to be hard. Difficult. Yeah. When you tour with a brand new album like this, when you finally get to go out and do shows, uh, how many of these songs will make it into the set list? You will find, with every album I do, it's the same thing. You'll find four or five songs that are perfect yeah. for the stage. And on the last album, funny enough, there's this four songs in the set from No Control. Mm -hmm. And the one we tried that did not work in my show, yeah, was Love Isn't Fair. Hmm. You never know why. We did it for about a month. I guess people did not, the audience did not want to hear that vibe in my show. Yeah. So we tried it, and we thought, okay, this is not, not for this show. So yeah. it didn't make it. And there's been some like that through the years, you know. So I will see which ones are going to be fitting into the show. I don't know, because they're all good. Yeah. I mean, well, Motor City Riders is just... You know, Detroit, boom, that's a closing track. Um, I'm not sure yet what's going to go in, but we'll find it. Yeah, Motor City Riders, that's an homage to your hometown of Detroit, obviously. It's got an old school 50s rock and roll vibe to me. It's it just, uh, and it's a great closer. So good job. Excellent. I, I, I will tell you honestly that those lyrics on that one were the ones I worked the hardest on. I actually went in my front room and went into the zone of, pulling it out of yourself because that was about my hometown and about my upbringing. Yeah. And I wanted every word to be correct. Every single word. And when you listen to that song, it really is Detroit. Yes, it is. It, I, it, it, uh, I did it. Yeah. The feel is I there. Paid I paid homage, you know, you sure did track three. I believe we have a guest vocalist on this song with you. The song is called Betty who and I think we have, because she's been on the show and she loves you so much, Cherie Curry. Fantastic. We are good friends. Um, we became good friends. I just love the girl. She's been such a supporter through the years. And I asked her if she would do this with me, and she said yes. She did a killer, killer second verse. I wrote her back. I said, hey, you. <laughs> what do you think you're doing? You know? No, she's good. And um, I just love her. And my son came to me with a riff, and he said, I have a title. I said, okay. 
Betty who? I said, well, why Betty who? He said, and the, the lady that he works with is Bida Doobie, or I can never remember. Uh, Bida Doobie. That's it. Yeah. And he, he works with her. Cool. And uh, he said the tour bus, because he's been on the road with her two tours, now long tours, all over Hong Kong, China, America, everywhere. And he said the tour bus is called Betty Who. And I went, okay. I took the riff in the title, and I went away, and I thought, Betty Who is a groupie. Ah. She's a groupie. All right. And it's perfect. Betty Who. Yeah. Like, who cares? Right. <laughs> And so it became that. And uh, and then I said to Cherie, would you like to sing on this? She said, absolutely. And she sent me her vocal. It's it's just great. So that took on its own flavor, you know. I made it I made it about the groupie, and that made sense to me. And Richard thought it was funny that I turned the tour bus name into a groupie. Into a groupie but name. It's perfect. That's it's perfect, Betty Who. Creative license. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm glad that you gave I'm glad that you told uh, we've played Biba Doobie's music on the show before. She hasn't been on the show. But I'm glad that you let the audience know that Richard is working with her so that they know that Richard just isn't riding his mom's coattails. He has things that he does on his own, too. And I think that's important. And I want him to. Right. He wanted wanted to play in the band for a while now. And I keep saying to him, what you're doing with me is perfect. And... Strike your own way. You don't want to yeah. be known as the son following. No, and he's not. He's, right. he's the kind that won't even tell people I'm his mother until they find out. So he really is his own person. That's good. You know, he's very proud, of, very proud of me, but doesn't rest on it. You know, so that's good. So I, I'm, I'm glad. I like what we're doing. He's finding his own way, starting his another band, and they're out in the studio and they're making records and they're brilliant. And uh, he's working with uh, with her, and uh, and she's born on the same day as me. That's weird. That's strange. Excuse me? That's crazy. No, that's crazy. Yeah, that's kind of wacky. That's crazy. That really is. Okay. Uh, you and Cherie, just one more thing. Your voices are so good right now, not separately and together. I don't know how you guys are doing it, but it's amazing. So congratulations on that for sure. I, I am always taking care of my voice. Mm-hmm. Um. And I come from the era where you did the clubs and you did five sets a night. Wow. And you better learn how to do five sets a night and mm-hmm. not lose your voice. Yeah, you can't push your so voice. What I, do now is, what I do now is a vacation. <laughs> of course. <laughs> uh, track four, You Can't Dream It. Again, I, I wrote down the riffs keep coming and I love the piano on this one. I didn't know how to interpret these lyrics. What can you tell me about You Can't Dream It? That's that's the melody that I couldn't get out of my head. Richard and I had a discussion about when you have dreams and you we've all done this and you're down in there and you can't you can't come out. Right. Have you had those? Yes. And when you wake up you do that, you know? So we took that darkness of that. And then I interpreted that into a song, and that's where that came from. Okay. Um, and that was, I, I nearly killed him because he wanted me to play that bass line. Da, 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 da. I said, I, uh, I don't pick. So my, my arm nearly fell off. <laughs> that one, and I sold myself. My arm nearly fell off. You know, you gotta you got to be a serious bass player to do it like a pick with just your fingers. Yes. Yeah. But that's that's actually a really good track. It's unusual. That's the next single, isn't it? No, that's like no, that's I. I sold my soul. You can't dream it. it. I call this a really unusual track. It, yeah, it's it's interesting. It's like you can't really even pull it down into reality. So it is like a dream. 
people can't scream it. It's unusual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I like the it's album. Twilight Zone. It's Twilight Zone. There you go. The album has textures. That's what I like. It's not all one thing. Every You get a little bit of different stuff uh, as you go along. So the next song we already talked about, My Heart and Soul, I want to talk about track six, Get Out of Jail. It's another rocker. And I assume I interpreted this as your pandemic song. Isolation Blues is a pandemic song, but this okay. one turned this one turned into a pandemic yeah. song because Richard had the riff, and he and he came to me when we were writing, and he said, um, "Just just as lockdown was starting, he said, Mom, I have an idea that this, I think this song, if you can get your head around this, I know it sounds crazy, but what if you were in jail and you had to get out to do one more gig?'" And then the pandemic was going along, and I was working on this. I said, "Richard, this is not just an idea anymore. This is a reality." Yeah. So his idea was not born from that, but it became what we were doing. And then I really got into the lyrics, you know. <laughs> and then he said to me, um, what about a chant at the front? I said, yes, yes. And I came over the, oh, Lord. And I drove, apparently, I drove everybody as crazy with that chant <laughs> as I did with strings on the last album. For every second, I would go, strings. <laughs> this one, whatever we were doing in the studio, I would go, Oh, Lord, I go across the forest and <laughs> shut her up. <laughs> because that's pretty catchy. Yeah. That little chant is pretty catchy. And I love that. And it really fits in. Give me one more gig before I die. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It sounds like the studio is your playground. Life is my playground. All right. There you go. I like it. Let me ask you this. <laughs> have, uh, have you been vaccinated yet? Yes. You have both or just the one? One. I had COVID in November. Oh boy, um, I'm okay. I and I traveled, and I got it in my own home. All right. Um, and I had the shot three three weeks ago. I get the next one at the end of April. I'm okay. All right. Good. 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 I'm glad. COVID is COVID is COVID. You know, whatever. Good to hear. You kicked its ass. Yeah, I did. All right. Track seven. Do you dance? This one. This has got a groove. And I guess you know, if it's a dance song, it should have a groove. Or if dance is if dance is in the title, it should have a groove. Absolutely. channeled my james brown on this one is this forgive me is this is this song is this about sex yes all right now now here's, <laughs> <In> fact, <yes. laughs> all right now here's the question how do you co-write a song about sex with your son and it not be awkward <laughs> because i took that took the song away and did the lyrics okay all right and then when you brought him back did, did his face I, turn I red i couldn't have done that with him no i would have been embarrassed but 
when I heard it, this is how it interpreted to me, you know? Okay. He had the title in the riff, and I thought, and I worked on it, worked at it, and then I went, yeah. Yeah, 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 let me finish first. What a great line. Um, and then I then I got fun and naughty with it, and then it made sense to me. And then, and yeah, he didn't say anything. He didn't say anything when I, when I wrote the lyrics. I'm not sure what he thought. <laughs> I just wrote it off as artistic license. <laughs> right, right. I was going to say, though, yeah, when he probably first read him, he was like, oh, that's my mom. Here we go. Here we go. Um, okay, track eight, Isolation Blues. You brought that up as a pandemic song. And this is definitely, I mean, for lack of a better word, it sounds stupid. It is a bluesy number. It's another day. It's a wake-up call. Just another day Staring at the wall I fly thought to thought Walk room to room I ain't got no sunshine To lift this glue I got the isolation blues And I'm singing all alone Got the So many reviewers have picked this out, mm -hmm. this track, which surprises me. And one of them, I finally said, you know, you're like the 20th guy. who's Why are you picking this track? And he said, I'll tell you what, shall I? It's a reviewer. He said, I've been reviewing all these artist albums that are coming out during lockdown. Mm -hmm. And every single one of them, these are famous people. They all have a lockdown track. Yeah. And I'm kind of going, oh, it's like manufactured. It's like not real. And I heard yours. And it was honest, straight from the heart, and exactly what I thought about lockdown myself. So basically what he's saying is his mind was not contrived. Yeah. Very nice. That's a compliment. And, 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 if a lockdown song can be positive, this is, I love the line in that, I'm G&T and getting so high, it's an alcoholic lullaby. Come on, tell me that everybody doesn't feel that way right now. Right. Even people that, even people that don't drink are drinking. <laughs> right, that's true. Uh, I've here's had, my champagne as I speak. Yeah, I've, had a, I've had a few extra cocktails myself. And, uh, and I also feel like, I mean, because I have all your albums, um, I feel like you don't do like bluesy stuff a lot. This felt like this is maybe the first time you've tackled like a bluesier thing like this. And yes, but I, I did run on the last one going down blues. That's um, right. Richard put it to me in this way. He said, even about going down blues, the thing about it, when you do blues to, to his ears, you know, he's very tuned into me. He said, when you do blues, they come out your way. Right. Which they do. You know, this is a blues, but it's not like a B.B. A King blues or a Freddie King blues. It's Susie. Yeah, Susie blues. Her, her, yeah, it is Susie blues. So I put my stamp on it. So whenever a blues does come out, it comes out like this. But that's, I love it. I love that song. I love it. We did it like being in a bar, you know, yeah. and all the noise. And yeah. And Richard had that. He had that bluesy riff out there. And he said, I think we should call this lockdown blues. And I said, no, leave it with me. And I went back to my little bubble on my patio, started to play it, and I went, Isolation Blues, and I just put everything, without editing it, mm -hmm. exactly what I was feeling, Good. being locked down. Yeah. And that's why it comes out from the heart, you know? I meant every line in that song. Yeah. Every single line, yeah. That's blues. Thought to thought, room to room, I ain't got no sunshine to fill this gloom. I mean, my God, who isn't feeling like that? I, I mean, I have to say, it's bluesy Susie. <laughs> it is. All right. Uh, I sold my soul. This, a, a lovely vocal intro. And then this one just rips. What do you say when you can't pretend? How do you sway when you cannot bear?
I love the lyric. Uh, what do you say when you can't pretend? How do you sway when you cannot bend? So awesome. Love it. This goes, this goes very deep. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. What's this? this what's this about? Okay, we're about to do the video on the weekend for this, and my video maker asked me the same question. I had to try to kind of explain mm-hmm. it. Um, you have a girl who has got a very strong moral code. And a very sense of who she is, great sense of who she is. She's with a guy who is not really straight with her. Okay. And she loves him, but she knows he's not leading her down the right direction, even bringing in a third party. So she's saying to herself, she's saying, What do you do? What do you do? You know, I can't bend, I can't sway, I can't bend. And her problem is that she stays. Mm-hmm. That's why she sold herself. Gotcha. So she should have got out, but because she loved him, she stayed. She didn't give in to his ridiculous demands, but even staying means she sold herself. She didn't agree to it, mm-hmm. all the things he want, but she sold herself because she stayed. And that's my mantra, you know. If you are, if you're feeling that way, walk out the door. Right. So I put myself in that position. This is what that song suggested to me. Now, when you write a song like this, unless something like this has actually happened to you, this is like writing uh, a movie, right? You're you're kind of yes. like writing a mini movie in a song. I, I, most of my songs, I would say 99.9% of my songs are personal experience. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when I get an idea like this, I can right. put myself in a third person. And, and maybe I've known people like this. I've known women in relationships sure. where they're going, I say, get out. And I've, I'm always a good one for giving advice. So I knew somebody who this had happened to. And I used that person as a model. It hasn't happened to me. I'm never one to stay anywhere that I don't want to stay. But um, this, I have talked other women through this problem. And I was able to use that in this song. Now, do you have to tell that specific person that you wrote this song and that they were the inspiration for it? How does that work? They would know it anyway. But they'll be okay with it because you're close friends. Sure. Okay, cool. I'm, I, that is a prerequisite with me. If we talk, we talk. Okay, good. Good. Okay. Uh, open and honest. I like it. Uh, track 10, Love's Gone Bad. This one is a slow groove. It's got some saxophone on it. This is, in my mind, obviously a breakup song, but you can tell me better. Yeah. Um, love this song. It's one of my favorites on the album, I have to say, because of the vibe. It's just a yeah, vibe. It's a good one. Um, my, my son was, he came up with that love you, that nice bass riff, you know. And he said to me, it was so cute. He said, Mom, I'm not telling you how to play this, but this has to be like this. And I said, because I'm the bass player. Yeah. But I said, okay, I'll keep that basic groove and I'll play with it. So I kept the groove. Okay. And um, he said, I have an idea for the song, what it should be about. I said, okay. He said, and he told me a story. So I used his story about somebody I knew, not who he knew, but somebody I knew. Yeah. So it was about a person who 
come, I've had this so many times. They come to you with their bad breakup mm-hmm. song, and and you're looking at them, and you're knowing that this, you know, you just you got You got to go, yeah. and you don't know how to tell them because nothing you can say is going to take them out of the blue funk that they're in. Yeah. So there ain't nothing I can do because no matter what you say, it's not going to go in. And that's when somebody is so much in love that they they just don't hear you. They ask you your advice, but and you just look at them and you think, my God, all this heartache and this pain you're going through, and I can't help you. Yeah. Because yeah, they, they can only help themselves. Yeah. yeah. And and then, and then when you're singing it, it becomes very personal, but it is one of my favorites on the album. In fact, we just listened to it tonight. I love it. Um, that was one of the ones that uh, Ray, my sax man, said, I didn't write anything down when we were doing his part on the track. He said, can I just play? I said, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, can you just play? So that's why that track has that real organic feel. Yeah. You know, it is very much piano following the vocal, then the sax following the piano, and it's just organic. It's pretty cool. It is really cool. I was I was just going to add, when, when you have a friend that's in a relationship like that and you know no matter what you say, isn't going to help because they have to figure it out themselves. That same friend will then come back later after the breakup and say, why didn't you tell me that this wasn't a good thing? <laughs> I would, they, they do that. And I yeah. would say to them that you can only go so far in your advice. Right. And, and really the advice is that usually these people have a pattern, mm-hmm. by the way, that they keep repeating. We've all done that. Yeah. And then they come back and they say that. I say, well, the pattern has to keep repeating until you get it. Mm-hmm. And if you've got it now, good. I couldn't, I couldn't tell you what to do with your love life. Right. I could hear you and give you basic advice, but at the end of the day, you can't, you can't, you can't work out people's problems with them. You can give them your heart and your soul and your advice, and I'm really good at that because I'm very instinctive. You know, I'm very, yeah. uh, I am a deep talker, and I, I read people within five minutes of meeting them. <laughs> I do the so same thing. I do the yeah, same I'm, thing, and then like. My wife's like, why do you, how, why don't you like that person already? I go, I'm just getting a bad vibe. And then like years later, my wife will go, you were right. I'm like, yeah. (laughs) My husband does the same thing. He used to, when we first were 27 years now, when I first started to do this judgment that I, not a judgment, it's a feeling. It's It's a feeling. Yeah. And then he would say to me, why, why, why? And then he saw me being right. And now he says, we meet somebody and he says, what do you think? I'm always right. I'm always right. And the big mistakes I've made in my life where I've gone the wrong way, three or four times, I, I can pinpoint them where I went against my instinct. Yeah. And sometimes you do. You go, oh, don't hate that person. Give him a shot. And you were right in the first place. <laughs> we have these instincts for a reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're... I trust one. Yep. I do, too. Uh, I, you know what? I didn't expect to get life lessons from Susie Quattro today, but I'm loving this so far. All right. There's only one more track we didn't talk about. It's track 11 in the dark. Now I feel like we 10 and 11, these two songs, I think this one's a breakup song too. These are, these are both, these both kind of bring us down a little bit, but then as we said, track 12 shoots us right back up, but in the dark has a lovely piano intro uh, and uh, there's so much emotion coming through in your vocals in this one. dark all alone no more light and no touchstone damage done i hit the ground silent tears you know they make no sound in the dark Yeah, that was, um, I think I was feeling the the separation 
Mm-hmm. You know, um, my husband is in Hamburg and I live here in England. And when there's no pandemic, we just get on a plane when we want to and yeah. go to that place where he comes here. And all of a sudden I didn't have a choice anymore. And it was just getting on top of me. So I was feeling that in the dark. It's like, God, where is the light? Where is the light? You know, so that really came from deep, deep down for what I was personally going through. And I didn't see it for five months last year. That's not easy. That's tough. Yeah. But you have that 27-year bond, so you can get through yes. it. That yeah, helps. we got Skype in the 27-year bond, and we have respect, number one, in any relationship. That's the word, respect. And number two is trust. Mm-hmm. And number three is sense of humor. Yes, absolutely. Keep, one, keep, two, three. Keep each other laughing, for sure. Oh, you have to. All right, we got through the album, but I have just a couple more things to ask you. Uh, the album's coming out on CD and vinyl. The vinyl has two bonus tracks, which is the opposite of how it usually is. Usually the CD has the bonus tracks. And the songs are, Can I Be Your Girl and Desperado. Are these originals? Is Desperado the remake of the Eagle song? Or are these original songs? Um, both of them are... I've kind of had a tradition now from No Control, mm-hmm. where the two bonus tracks are unplugged. Okay. And uh, Can I Be Your Girl is an old track from my Unreleased Emotions album that I now do on stage for maybe eight years. All right. I send the band off, and I do it just by myself on piano. It's a real moment in the show. Okay. So that's how we did it, in the studio, vocal piano. That's it. And then Desperado, I've been doing live for about six years. So I go on the stage, and I just, at the end of the show, I sit on a stool, and the piano and me, and it brings the house down. So I'm I'm real good at ballads. But is Desperado it, is that a cover of the Eagle song or is this an yeah. original song? It is. Okay, good. No, 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 that's a cover. Okay, and cool. I actually, yeah, and it's um, it's something that I sing really well because I love the song so much. And when you love a song that much and you get a chance to sing it, it comes from your toes up. Yeah, you know? that's so cool. I give that every bit of emotion I have. And I and I put my own stamp on it. When you hear it, it's it's not like the Eagles at all. You would think I wrote the song. That that's the best way to do a cover. Make it your own. Absolutely. All right. One more question. What's happening with the Susie Quattro biopic? Are you writing it? Yeah, yeah. We're in the middle of that now. Okay. Um, it was all born from the interest after the documentary, yes. which was huge all over the world. Um, we're going in the process now. There's been a few hiccups, obviously, but sure. there will be something made and it will be soon, but I can't talk too much about it right sure. now, but um, that's on my bucket list. You got, I know you won't say, but you got casting in mind. I will have to meet the person and I say it this way. I can't explain it. All I can say is whatever this is, this person. Yeah. There's a vibe about me. Okay. And I know that there's a vibe. I can't tell you what that vibe is or I'd be analyzing myself and I couldn't do that in a million years. Um, but I will know when I meet the, because this vibe mm-hmm. cannot be acted. It can't be acted. Right. So when I meet the person who is up for the role of me, I will have to feel that vibe. I'm just throwing. And I will know it. Yes. And you will, because you have those instincts that we just talked about. Uh, a couple months ago, my friend and I were watching videos uh, on, on YouTube. We had it up on the big screen. We're bopping around. And I pull up, uh, I pull up the Rock Hard video from 1980. And we're yeah. watching it. And my friend turns to me. He says, this is Miley Cyrus. I, and I said. Oh, her name has been mentioned uh, many, many, many times. I said, especially in that video, I get that vibe. But I know that you need to get the vibe. So I can't wait to see that film. And I can't wait to, to see who uh, you decide has the essence of Susie Quattro. Oh, I will decide. Oh, you will. Oh, 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 sure. <laughs> oh I know. Look, I know if it's, if it's, if it's a Susie Quattro project, there's only one person that has the final say. I think we all know who that is. Yeah. couple more it's things. The album cover art is excellent. It's a, it's a road case with the word Susie literally in flames on the side of it. And I just want people to go buy this album and I want you to follow Susie at Susie underscore Quattro on Twitter. Go to SusieQuattro.com for all things about Susie. Uh, are you on, you're on Instagram, Susie? 
Instagram, Susie Quattro Real. Okay. Uh, I'm on uh, Two Facebook. I, I'm everywhere. I'm everywhere. You are. All over the You're worldwide. Yeah. Well, I'm, uh, again, I'm so happy to talk to you for a second time. It's a thrill. I can't wait till the pandemic's over and that you maybe come and do shows in Los Angeles so I can meet you. Yes. And, uh, and continued success in everything. And I can only tell people that if you liked no control, you are definitely going to like the devil in me. So please buy it. Thank you. Thank you very much. You did a good interview. Thank you. My last one today. And you, you didn't make me bored for a second. You were intelligent. You were researched and you did a really good. So compliments to you. Thank you, Susie. And for the playout song, which song from the new album would you like me to use as our playout song? So tough. They're all your little babies. I'm the girl from Detroit City. Play Motor City Riders. You got it. Thank you so much, Susie. Take care. <laughs> Thank you so much. Night, night. Bye-bye. Good night. Thank you. Bye-bye. Motor City died in a freedom fight Underneath the fires on a restless night Oh yeah Set the sky alight Black and white and blues down a dead end street Cocktails hitting shoes in between the beat Oh yeah Zone. Rich and foreign tune and the strange unknown oh.